uh, had a little accident yesterday, took a little fall, um, and he said sustained some injuries to his face. He was hoping to be okay this morning, but he woke up, said his face was all swollen, made it really difficult to talk. So here I am. Um, yeah, thank you. All right. So any good story creates tension. Any good communicator creates a lot of tension. I did not start preparing for this morning until 7 a.m. So this is either going to be 15 minutes or 60 minutes. How's that for tension? Right? <clears throat> so, you know, you don't know the day or the hour that this will end. Uh, but watch and pray. And those who persevere to the end will be saved. All right? Um, I really, I, I think a couple of things are happening. One, he wanted you all to practice what he's been teaching the last couple of weeks, the posture and practice of the already but not yet, the kingdom, just praying for the kingdom to come. Uh, and I think he's hazing me, you know, just kind of booting me out, <laughs> booting me out of the net, you know, see, see how well I can fly. So thank him for that for me. All right. Uh, before we go any further, let's pray. Um, Jesus, we... We come together because, um, because of you, because you're here, Holy Spirit, you're here. You have something for each and every one of us. I ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to understand what you have for us. As we celebrate uh, Palm Sunday, um, the, the final week of your life, Jesus, and uh, we do pray for Randy, uh, just full healing for him, and um, we ask this in your name, amen. All right, so as a child, I actually grew up uh, Catholic, and every week we attended Mass, and I was, was very familiar with the gospel stories, actually a number of stories from the Bible. I really enjoyed hearing the stories about the Bible, although I have this specific memory of like third or fourth grade hearing about the Israelites. I had no idea what kind of lights these were, the Israel lights. So, but it was, a, I think in college I realized Israel lights, you know, it's a, it's a group of people. Um, <clears throat> and Jesus, though, always, he fascinated me with his teachings that were really hard to understand. Um, reading and hearing about his miracles, I don't ever really remember doubting that those actually happened. Um, I believe that they happened. Um, but... One of the things that I did struggle with was why did he have to die on the cross? What I didn't understand is why people wanted to kill him and why if he knew it was going to happen, did he allow it to happen? And another distinct memory I have, I believe I was in high school, of being actually embarrassed and maybe even a little ashamed that a person that was so integral to my worldview had to die such an embarrassing death. Uh, and so this morning we're going to be looking at this account of Jesus heading to the cross, actually on the cross, Mark's account. Um, it's going to be in Mark 15, 24 to 34, and then 37 through 39. Unfortunately, we don't have it um, up on the screen due to uh, circumstances and events this morning. But I will read it. Um, I'm sure many of you have it electronically, uh, starting in verse 24. And they crucified him, uh, the centurions, the Roman soldiers, 
Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on the right and one on the left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross, and we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Down to verse 37. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. So as I said, growing up, I didn't understand why Jesus had to go to the cross. But he did have a purpose. From the beginning, as we've been going through Mark, um, these past 14 or 15 weeks, we've been seeing that Jesus has an intent for going to the cross. And his purpose was to endure the cross so that we would never have to. And there's three things that we're going to see this morning that happened on the cross. The first is that Jesus was despised. Again, Mark writes, and they crucified him, dividing up his clothes. They cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down now from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. So all through the Gospels up to this point, Jesus is followed by the masses and he's adored. A week earlier, which we're actually commemorating today, but in in the Gospel account happened a week before this event, the people are singing Hosanna in the highest. That's not a, a religious song. That's actually a political song. They're saying this is it. This is the time of Israel to take its rightful place as the nation above all of other nations. Rome is going to be destroyed. And as Jesus is entering on a donkey, they're singing this song, this song of triumph, and now they're wagging their heads at him. The religious leaders and Romans, they're lapping it up. Because the man who was overthrowing their system has now been taken care of. Pontius Pilate has averted a riot. That was close. This is the ultimate insult to injury. He's enduring the worst death humanity has ever thought up and has to listen to the people standing by and hurling insults at him. How many of these same people also saw him perform miracles to heal others, 
How many of these ate the fish and the loaves that he miraculously multiplied for them on a couple of occasions to feed their stomachs? Now, we don't actually talk about this very much. This point, Jesus on the cross, listening to these insults being hurled at him as he's literally suffocating to death. But actually, the, the character and the kindness of Jesus shines through. He could have said, that's it, and gotten down off the cross. He could have done what they said. It was easier for him to stay on the cross than to get down. The life that he had cultivated with God, with his father, and the example that he provides for us, that's what we see on the cross as he's being insulted. To be despised like this is bad enough. But everyone left him, except John, his mother, Mary Magdalene, and a few other women. Here he is alone. There are so many others that he drew near and showed a picture of God that they had never seen before. And they left him at his darkest hour. So when have you felt despised? Thank you. What choices have you made out of conviction of doing the right thing that someone or others have wagged their heads and clicked their tongue at you? What are you doing? The closer someone is to us, the more it hurts. A spouse, a parent, a child, a best friend, a business partner, etc., Whenever we feel despised, Jesus knows intimately what that's like. There is no amount of despisement and no one closer to you who could despise you more than what Jesus experienced on the cross. That's not to downplay whatever you felt, but it's to say you're not alone. Jesus knows what that's like. He's walked down that path before. And And he's able to say, you are not alone. So again, we see that Jesus is despised, but he also felt darkness. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, due to our understanding of astrological events, we may be inclined to think that this was an eclipse. And because this was written by an uninformed person, uh, they didn't know what was going on. Now, I don't know if that happened in Indianapolis, but this past summer or the summer before there was the eclipse, right? And um, 
I was at work that day, and we, we got to go outside, and there was an eerie darkness kind of over the, over the land, right? It was this weird sort of not quite dusk or dawn. Carrie and the kids were home, and, and she said, told me later that day it was, it was odd because the birds stopped singing and the insects stopped making noise. So I bring that, the point is not to figure out what's happening scientifically, but to hear what Mark is saying through this event. Mark is intending to take us back to two events. The first is creation, and the second is the Passover. So at creation, if you remember, God separates the light and the darkness. The darkness is coming back in at a time that darkness is not supposed to come. It's in the middle of the day. In a sense, this is an undoing of the created order. It appears that darkness is going to win. The first Passover in Exodus 12 happened at night, and Jesus' death is happening during Passover. He is the ultimate Passover lamb who takes away our sins. Not only did it cost him his life, it cost him something far greater. To be separated from his father. From eternity past to this very moment, the Father, Son, and Spirit have only known what it's like to be in one another's presence. And for three hours, Jesus was in total darkness. Jesus endured the abandonment of his father so that we would never have to. The Father, Son, and Spirit conspired to destroy the works of the devil in this way so that we might enjoy their company here and into eternity. We may feel darkness and sometimes wonder if it will ever pass. This is real darkness. I'm not saying it's not. It's real darkness that can afflict us on a physical, emotional, mental, and or spiritual level. But the cross made it possible so that we will never have to know this level that Jesus did. The final thing on the cross that we see this morning is a declaration. So Jesus was despised, he endured darkness, and then he heard a declaration from the Roman centurion who says, surely this man was the son of God. Jesus endured being despised by others and the darkness from his father, which led to this declaration. Mark tells us that at the time that Jesus let out his final breath, the the veil in the temple that separated God's presence from everyone else was torn from top to bottom. This is the separation that humanity has experienced from Genesis 3 up until now. And since that time, we've been trying to hide from God. The veil tearing is declaring that the way to God is open. We no longer have to hide. We no longer have to hide between or behind another person or behind some sort of sacrifice or ritual, but that, we, that God has freely revealed himself, that we can freely reveal ourselves back to him. But we still continue to try to hide. The cross declares that this is the Son of God, that there's, that is no longer necessary. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with, 
of any sort with someone that you know they're hiding or holding back from you. They're hiding in some way. As a parent, when you know your child is trying to hide something. As a spouse, when you know the other won't share what's going on. As a friend, when another has rebuffed you. When a co-worker who used to be warm and open is now cold and distant. It's our nature to hide. But the torn veil means we don't have to any longer, especially from God. This also means that the glory of the Lord, which was hidden behind the veil, is now fully revealed in the cross of Jesus the Messiah. The glory of the Lord is the person of Jesus, despised, forsaken, and then exalted. This is the King of the Jews. Mark was writing for a Roman audience, and the Romans believed that Caesar was the son of God. Mark says that when the centurion saw how Jesus died, it led him to declare, surely this man, not Caesar, this man is the son of God. The centurion saw what so many missed. In the midst of them hurling insults and wagging their heads, he saw the Son of God. A battle-hardened soldier had never seen such, such strength or courage. This is the declaration that we now live under. Not that you, not why don't you save yourself? Not my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the declaration is truly this man is the Son of God. So as we start Holy Week, look to the cross. See Jesus hanging there to deal with how you feel despised, to the areas where you feel darkness. He has dealt with it and he is dealing with it. The despisement, the darkness, and the cross are not the final word. Jesus, the Son of God, is the final word. So, Ian, if you'll come forward uh, for our ministry time and uh, any prayer teams, ministry teams, come forward as well. So if you are feeling despised or darkness, come forward for prayer. If you need to hear the declaration that this is the Son of God this morning, come forward um, and get prayer. I mean, any, any sort of emotional, um, spiritual issues that you have, we encourage you to come forward, come get prayer. A um, couple of things physically I think that the Lord wants to deal with. If you're having any issues with your lungs um, of, of any sort, don't, know what, don't have anything specific, but just some problems with your, your lungs, come forward for prayer. Any issues with sleep, um, I believe the Lord wants to deal with that. And then if you are having any uh, ringing in your ears, I think particularly in the right ear, but um, just has a sense of that annoyance of, of a ringing in your ear, uh, the Lord wants to, wants to deal, deal with that this morning. So come forward. Uh, the ministry teams will be up here.